Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million families building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. That's greenlight.com slash odyssey. This is a Vault Studios production. I'm Spencer Brudig. I'm Will Johnson. I'm Jessica Knoll. This show contains graphic material and is meant for mature audiences. Waking up every day without her. Not hear her voice. Can you hear me? It needs a lot to take. Just when I open my eyes, I hope that I'm waking up from the nightmare I'm in. That 17-year-old Randisha Love singing her favorite hymn. It's cell phone video and it's brief, but it's something her mother, Katara Ham, holds dear to her heart and plays over and over. Randisha, she was a lovable, lovable person, smart. She was nice to everybody who she met. Randisha Love is the second oldest of four children and Katara's only daughter. She would give you the clothes off her back all she wanted to do was help people. That was, that was all she wanted to do, was help people. The Westlake High School junior has dreams of joining the Air Force and becoming an attorney. In fact, she's already in ROTC classes in her new school in College Park, Georgia. She's an honor student, loves her family and the holidays, dancing, and of course, singing. Her family recently moved in with her grandparents in College Park, Georgia a suburb of Atlanta. Tuesday, January 12, 2016, started like so many others between the mother and daughter and best friends. At 7.37 a.m., a text from Pookie pops up on Katara's phone, a daily tradition. That's her nickname for Randisha, who texted her mom, I'm on the bus. Okay, love you, have a great day. Her mom typed back followed by dozens of colorful heart, crown, and kissing emojis, sort of like a secret language her teenage daughter taught her. Randisha responds, Love you too. At 4.30 that afternoon, Randisha calls her mom to check in after school. We were laughing, and I'm happy that it was a laughing conversation because I had bought her, like, I think a burger or something to eat, like, when she got out of school the next day. But my son ate it, and she was like, I'm going to get him. And the call ended like every other call between the mother and daughter. Love you, Mommy, and love you, too. But at 9 p.m., all the I love yous would be silenced, and Kantara's hopes and dreams for her daughter's bright future would be shattered. I went to pick up my son from his game. We stopped, got her something to eat, and I was calling her, and she wasn't answering the phone, which wasn't totally strange because sometimes she's listening to music on her on her ear earplugs, and I was like, maybe she's just not, you know, just not picking up because she can't hear the phone. Katara and her son pull into the driveway. He walks inside while she grabs some stuff and their dinner from the car. It's dark and quiet. The door is closed, but unlocked. When I got home, everything seemed okay. Katara walks in, and she calls out for Randisha. No answer. I'm calling her name, calling her name, and he was looking at me with this 
blank stare. And he looked and he was like, Mom, she right there. And I looked down and literally had I taken another step or two, I would have tripped over her. In the front hallway, she steps inside the front door where she finds her daughter face down. And I look down and I see my baby. I just see her laying down in a puddle of blood. And I ran around just to see, you know. And at that point, I don't really remember because I like, I just lost it. Randisha's been shot five times in the face and torso. She's still wearing her jean jacket over a gray sweatshirt, gym shorts, whimsical gray-striped polka-dotted socks, and earrings and a gold watch. Nothing seems out of place or missing. My son and I ran out the house because we didn't know if anyone was still in there. We just didn't know what it was like. It was, it was like it was just like a bad nightmare. Katara frantically calls 911 at a neighbor's house. I don't know, man. We, the door was turned off. And we, and, I, and we had to call her, call her, and her phone. Just, just tell me what you saw so I can start you in the ambulance. Ma'am, she was laying on the snow, and I walked, and I saw Camilla, and I ran out. Okay, but you don't know if she was awake? Ma'am, I called her name, and called her name, and I ran out. But Randisha's already gone. Was she breathing? Ma'am, no. Okay, but you're not near her now, correct? No, ma'am. The crime scene begins to crowd with police and an ambulance, and the flashing red and blue lights reflect off the top of the tall pine trees just behind the house. The hardest thing for me that night was when I saw the ambulance go in and come back out with an empty. (laughs) With an empty stretcher, because I knew at that point See what's going As investigators arrive on the scene, they don't find any sign of forced entry. Nothing is disturbed inside the home. And the only thing missing is Randisha's phone. Neighbors tell Fulton County Police Lieutenant Roger Peace they didn't hear any gunshots. And with that, he believes the shooting happened during a time frame when most people would still be at work. Basically, there, there are no witnesses or uh, to anything. It's all we know is that the mom came home and found Radisha Love lying in the foyer of the home. Um, and we learned that she sustained, died of multiple gunshot wounds. Uh, there was no forced entry into the home. Uh, no suspects have been identified. However, uh, you know, we ruled out, basically ruled out any, you know, immediate family. Uh, so, Right now, it would just be speculation of whether it was somebody trying to break into the home or found the door on front door unlocked, or did she open the door uh, for somebody that she knew? Uh, it's just unknown at this time. The medical examiner reports medium caliber yellow metal bullets are recovered from her body. The cause and manner of death isn't the mystery. However, the motive is. You know, this was a kid that didn't, we didn't find anyone that knew her from school or the neighborhood that said anything negative about her. 
uh, it's a tragic it's a tragedy that such a thing happened to such a low risk uh, person who we can, we would consider to be very low risk you know to be a victim of a violent crime they were new to the area as far as living there uh, there was the grandparents house grandparents were out of town um, mom was at work uh, we found that, you know, she was honor student, ROTC, uh, you know, and looking at a 17-year-old's call records, phone records, you know, indicated that on the day that she made two phone calls, basically, one to her mom saying that she was leaving the house to go to school, and another one to her mom saying that she was at home. And that tells Lieutenant Peace something. That was somebody who basically kept to themselves. I mean, if you don't have hundreds, you know, like uh, a lot of teenagers would, you know, constantly on the phone, text messages, phone calls. Throughout the whole day, the entire day, she made two phone calls. And they were both to her mother. Not only was Randisha seemingly low risk, but so was their neighborhood. The area itself wasn't a high area, a high crime area. There were, you know, it wasn't a subdivision where there was numerous burglaries or anything. Uh, it's, it's basically, it's still unknown what the motive may have been or what transpired. Uh, it was, again, it's either she opened the door for somebody she knew from school or the neighborhood or uh, it was somebody who gained uh, entrance to the house. Either she didn't lock the front door or uh, she opened the door to let them in. To this day, Katara doesn't have the solace of knowing what happened to her baby in those last moments of her life. I don't know who, I don't know why. I, I just don't know. For whoever to take her life, especially in the manner of what they did, it was just cruel. It was just so cruel. It was just so cruel. And I, every day, I cry every day. Some days, more than others, when I lay, close my eyes, lay down and close my eyes, that's the sight that I see every, literally every night. That's the sight I see. I have to, you know, I have to kind of shake myself and, you know, some nights I don't sleep because I don't want to close my eyes and see that sight. I know when this person or persons is arrested, it won't bring her back, but to me she'll rest a little easier. It, 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 it'll bring me closure. She hopes that her story will save someone else from the same heartbreak. I'm a true, firm believer of God. I've been brought up in the church my whole life, and that's what I was bringing her up to do. My daughter and whoever did this, no matter how I may feel about them, because of the type of person she was, she probably would forgive them because that's the type of person that not, it's not probably, I know that she will. Because that's the type of person that she was. And, you know, I just I just want whoever just to know what they did to me. You know, I want her story to save somebody else. Because I know, I, you know, I've watched the news, so I watch people, I've seen people get killed. But to actually be a mother... Of that is, you can't explain it. And I, I wouldn't want any other mother to feel like this.
And if my story could tell the next person before you think about killing somebody, because you can't, you, you don't only kill that person, you take away that, you take away the life of everybody that was close to that person. I have a very, very large family. My, my side, as well as my kid's father's side, everybody is hurt. This took something out of everybody. She would say, you know what, mommy? I'm going to, you know, forgive them. And I know that she'll ask me to do the same. And I, I just know the type, of, the, type of, the type of young lady she was. But Katara isn't ready to forgive yet. A part of my heart, to me, is gone. I think I skip a beat, a heartbeat every time because I miss her so much. And uh, I don't want to, I don't, I don't, it's like I, it's hard for me to breathe because I know she's not. These days, Randisha's family celebrates her milestones, like her high school graduation and birthday, Graveside. It's where they can gather, be with her, and celebrate her life together. But Katara can't help but think about the moments she'll never share with her only daughter. She didn't get a chance to go to her prom. She didn't get a chance to graduate, which she was looking forward to. I didn't get a chance to see my only daughter in her prom dress. And that, that hurts so bad. It hurts so bad. We had so many things that her and I was looking for in the future. And it's hard on me. It's hard on my kids. It's like my life has completely stopped. But instead of shopping for a prom dress with Frandisha, Katara visits her daughter's grave and talks to her. I just I miss you so much. It's not easy to face her absence and the raw emotions boil to the surface with each passing day that her daughter's death remains unsolved. <laughs> At the cemetery with tears racing down her cheeks, she cups her face with both hands and sobs into them. I want my baby. I want my baby. <laughs> Through her tears, Katara, who now has her daughter's first and middle name scrolled in tattoos on her forearms with hearts and a crown just like those emojis they'd send each other, makes a promise to her daughter that she intends to keep. Every still seeking justice can't stop won't stop justice for Rendisha Tuesday we just still we won't stop until we get it we got you Disha and when her daughter's killer is caught she believes she might finally be able to close her eyes and not see her daughter lying dead on the floor I think I'll be able to see her Smile and say, Mama, you did it. You didn't stop. You did it. But one thing Katara cannot bring herself to see is her daughter's name etched forever on a grave. So for now, she visits a patch of grass. Headstones just make it so final. Like, that's it. That's over. I just, I'm not ready to see her name on on a headstone. It's hard enough that I have to come to her grave and just... You know that's your child under there. You can't do anything about it. But if I see her name on the headstone, I'm not ready to do that. With the end date, I'm not ready to face that yet. That was that was my that was my best friend. You know, my only daughter, my best friend, and you know she was just. I mean, she was. 
just she just brightened my life, you know, along with my other kids as well. But she was my only daughter, so we had this bond that could just never be broken, you know. And you know, even now, like I say, I I've only made it this far because of her. I have to think about. I know that she will want mommy to keep going, and I know that she would be so angry if I stopped. So I I I live each day, and I go on each day because I know that her main thing was to take care of her brothers, and. I can't let her down. Four years later, she's fighting for justice, fighting for answers, and fighting for Vandisha Love to find out who murdered her only daughter. Katara wants her daughter's killer to understand what they've taken from her. You took my life. You took the life of someone who would have helped you in any way that she could have. You took her from her family. You took her from, from, from her future. You robbed the world of getting to know Randisha. You robbed me of a mom as seeing my daughter have her first child, get married, go to her graduation in her cap and gown. I never see, I will never get a chance to see my daughter in her cap and gown. I would never see her in the prom dress that the following week after you took her life, her and I was supposed to go prom dress shopping. You took away someone who just brightened not only my day, but everybody who she went around. You took away, you took away my pride and my joy. You took away, you took a piece of me away that will never come back. And, you know, if you would just turn yourself in, I know it won't bring her back, but if you would just turn yourself in, it would, you know, it would give me closure. It would help, it would just help me to know that you're off the street and you can't harm anybody else. And you took, you just, you, you, you really just took my life along with my daughter's life. Because I will never, ever, ever be the same again. Never. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. All right, thanks to Jessica Knoll for bringing us the story this week. I'm Will Johnson. I'm here with Spencer Brudig. Jessica is actually out now, having brought us that story. Uh, Spencer, actually, Jessica covered this story uh, years ago um, and suggested we, we bring it to True Crime Chronicles. What really hits me about this one, and I think I'm sure our listeners will pick up on on the, the overwhelming grief of this mother and this family who lost their daughter. Yeah, I I think this one is, is a little different because we were able to talk with uh, Katara, which is Randisha's mother, for so long. And I mean, to even hear her grieving while at her daughter's grave, um, it's just really 
particularly devastating. All of the stories we cover are sad. This one really is emotional because of her uh, mother speaking on this case um, and speaking to us about this. Um, This is someone that loved her daughter deeply and uh, she really wants closure. But I find it so amazing that you can really feel her love for her daughter come through in the sense that she, once she gains that closure, it really does seem like she wants to forgive that person that did this to her daughter as well. Yeah, she talks about that, right? Like in how her daughter would forgive that person, you know, who knows? I I can't imagine what that experience is like. And yeah, I agree with you. We do the show for people who listen, you know, week after week, we cover a a wide variety of cases that are often, um, you know, really heart-wrenching than some that are maybe, uh, if I can use the term lighter, like the the main hermit we did many months ago. Uh, But this one is is on on the end of being heart-wrenching, of course. And we rely on whatever archive audio we have in a lot of cases. And, and then we talk to reporters each week and get get new details or new information if that's available. In this case, uh, Jessica, you know, had interviewed the mother. She was with her at the grave, as you mentioned, and you hear that that, that voice, uh, her, her voice. It's so fresh and so painful for her in that moment, particularly in the uh, graveside. It really hit me hard. Yeah. And then it speaks to the fact that we don't have any, you know, this is several years later now, I believe over three years later, um, and there's just no information about this case. That's the other part about this that really hits me is that this is just seems so random. You know, we don't know if it was somebody connected to her or who knew her, but they just don't really have, it seems like they don't have anything to go on. Yeah, and that's the thing that is uh, another minor departure from a lot of the stuff that we cover is just the fact that there's nothing to go on, like you said. Um, and she checks she checks all the boxes for someone that wouldn't be targeted. It's, it would, it would have to be random, but the fact that she was shot five times um, in the head and chest, that's not a random thing. That's not like you walk in and someone's robbing your place and they, you know, are running out. That someone is really trying to kill that person, um, which doesn't make any sense. It's so baffling to me. You know, we can all get caught up in the intricacies of a crime scene um, and really diving into, you know, the who done it aspect of these things. But this, this case really shows off the people that get left behind. All of the victims of these terrible crimes that we cover, they all leave friends and family members that they themselves won't, won't live their life to the fullest because they've lost their loved one. And, you know, um, Katara speaking about the denial of life for her own daughter, where that really poignant moment of Katara speaking about the denial of life of, of this idea that, you know, Randisha won't graduate. She won't get married. She won't have children. She won't go out into the world and do good work, but her mother and Randisha's brother won't get to experience those joys of watching her daughter, um, go grow up into the future. And, and that is just so sad. Yeah. And, we return to this idea frequently, but family members, parents, a mother in this case, who continue to talk about these cases, who continue to do interviews, who continue to do what is really, I, I imagine, just must be so incredibly difficult to revisit what happened, um, whether it's on, on our shows or in the media. We know that sometimes that's how cases get solved. Right. And with something like this, it, it 
it it's kind of a cliche, but it, it just it's like someone would have to come forward with you know either they heard someone talking about it you know a year later they it, it will take someone coming forward to uh, propel this case to getting solved and for closure to come to this case and to her family. In the meantime, Spencer, I know you're working on a case for next week down in Texas. Where can people go to learn more about uh, cases we've covered and also to discuss the the current one we're talking about? Yeah, um, you can go to our Facebook group, Inside the Crime Vault, where you can discuss this case and others uh, with other like-minded people that love true crime. All right. For True Crime Chronicles, I'm Will Johnson, along with Spencer Brudig. We'll be back next week with a new story and a new case.